is it life and death in the sense that your mortal, you know, like your mortal life is in peril? No. But if we're thinking of it in the context of the life that you're going to lead for the rest of your life, this, if, if we want to look at it, it's like this, this one life that you have that you're leading right now, the only one that you know, it is life and death. It is life and death. I think that if we really saw the, a lot of the compromises that we make, you know, like life, yes, we, we got to make compromises in life, but there are certain things where it's like, we got to give, especially if you're an artist, especially if you are a creative person, like if you're not giving that space in your life to, to come through, like that's, that's a living, waking death. You know, that's a living, waking nightmare. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right, we're back. Another podcast episode and you are tuned in the right show the best show the greatest show the greatest show of all time way of the artist oh god but i'm just uh making evan cringe here and it's fun for me <laughs> but no you know what i mean uh the thing is is what we're talking about today is don't sell yourself short sometimes you don't really know what you're doing when you're creating something you're making something um and it's not about being the best it's not about you know, having the greatest thing. It's, it's about doing something genuinely, authentically for real and really with good intention. And if you have good intention behind what you're trying to do, no one can really fault you for that. And you might not do it perfectly. You might make some mistakes. You might, you know, stumble along the way. And I know that we did in our, in our journey of getting this podcast off the ground all the way to where it is now. But, you know, look at us. We're comfortable. We're joking around. We're making each other cringe right off the bat. <laughs> um, and, you know, I couldn't be more at ease doing this. And I really, um, you know, to not sell myself short uh, or ourselves short, I would say, you know, I really do believe in this show. And I believe it's important. And I think what we have to say is important. Um, whether other people see it that way or not is kind of irrelevant. It's it's my experience of it. It's what I'm trying to do. It's my intent. And I'm sure there's some similarities there for you too, Evan, but this is the point, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do, you know, if it's acting, filmmaking, doing a painting, making a song, do it genuinely, do it authentically, good intent, and you stumble your way through, but like, don't sell yourself short. You can start doing this now. You can, you can start putting your energy and your attention in this direction. Geez, that almost sounded like fantastic closing comments, Brandon. <laughs> Just, thank you, everybody, yeah, for we're tuning done. in. We can go now. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's wrap it up. I got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, I mean, uh, this is this is a good topic and one that uh, I definitely relate to and have a relationship to a very long-standing relationship to in my my own life, particularly in my my creative life. I think that this idea of selling oneself short has 
stopped me on on more times than I would care to admit from from doing things, pursuing things that I was genuinely interested in doing, or at least maybe not stopped me, but in some ways unnecessarily delayed me. Mm-hmm. Although it took it it took going through that process to realize in retrospect that it, it was unnecessary for me to delay myself <laughs> in in pursuing certain things and trying certain things and in creating stuff you know um and we had talked about this show as something like yeah don't sell yourself short but also don't take yourself for granted mm-hmm. don't take your life experience, your skills so often we, we don't realize all of the things that we have picked up that are along the, the experience of our life that, that is of tremendous value, not only to ourselves, but could be of tremendous value to, to other people as well. And one thing that I think is, is I would say usually true (laughs) Maybe not always, but I'm going to say 99 times out of 100, this is true. If you have ever put care and attention into something for any length of time, you will learn something from it. You will learn something from that process. You will learn something from, you know, the the action, the doing of something. The Just, just the care and attention has a way of doing that, uh, where things will, will suddenly start to reveal themselves to you. Um you know, we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast, but I've been doing this challenge uh, at the start of the year, 30 songs in 30 days. Because I've been interested in, you know, being a better songwriter. And one of the reasons why I set that challenge is because like, yeah, I've, I've learned that just by, by doing something. You know, because songwriting, like... 30 songs in 30 days in 30 days, I'll have written more songs than I have ever written in for the rest of in the rest of my entire life. Um, because I used to get so precious and nervous and, and all of this stuff. And usually the songs still came out kind of shitty, <laughs> you know, that's the thing It's like, just write, just write, write, write and write some shitty songs and be okay with that. But, uh, to a large degree, this was a challenge because I've built up a certain trust and confidence in, in this fact that just by doing it, by putting my care and attention into doing this thing, I'm going to learn from the process. You know, I'm not, I don't know necessarily what I'm going to learn. You know, I don't, there's nothing, there's no specific learning that, that I can say that I'm going to get. It's just like, I want to know how to write songs better. So I'm going to start writing songs and see what I learned from just through doing that. Right. Sometimes just saying like, all right, like I, I know enough to write a song. I know how to, I've been playing guitar for a long time. I know how to write words. (laughs) You know, I've been doing that for a long time. Let's see what happens when we start putting those things together. And it's enough to get started. It's enough to get going. And I think that so often for so many of us, we are waiting to be better than we are to start at something when I don't think that that's usually as necessary as we think it is. I think there's a lot of comparison that goes on. That's the thing that kind of comes up for me. It's like your comparison is faulty though, because 
everybody's comparison. I'm not just saying you, but like everybody's comparison is like a faulty because you're, you're, you're comparing your something yourself to something that's already been done or whatever. And I think with art or the artist approach is that when you create something new, when you create something kind of signature, you know, or proprietary or whatever you want to call it, even if it's a business you're doing, right. You don't always know how you're, you don't always know what you're doing that's special when you're doing it. And you don't always know the quality that you bring. And so, you know, selling yourself short is, is trying to compare yourself to something that isn't really a comparison to you. You know, like if you, for example, I know you were inspired, Evan, by like writing these songs because you watched the Beatles documentary and then you could go and you could compare your music to the Beatles. And it's like, but that would be a mistake because yeah. your sound and your style and your feel and, and your expression and all of those things are going to be unique. And, you know, you don't, you 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 might go and write songs and they could be technically good songs. They could be well put together. They could be well structured. They could follow all the rules and still they suck because that's not what makes a great song. And if it did, everybody would just follow the formula, but mm -hmm. it isn't a formula. There's something in it. That's, that's very hard to identify. It's very hard to nail down and it's never the same. And that's why it's special. And when you're off doing whatever you're doing, you never know how that special is going to come out. You never know how that's going to appear, how it's going to unfold, what's going to happen out of it. You know, you don't know what the little essence element to it is that makes it kind of signature and proprietary and whatever. And I mean, I've, I've come to realize this, you know, like with, uh, with certain things that I've done is like, I have a mentality that is kind of similar to certain, you know, maybe certain coaches and stuff like that, but it's actually, it's, 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 it's very um, defined because I have a certain amount of boldness that I bring to everything I do where I'm like, just fucking do it. <laughs> and people like that element. Like there's this very like, kind of like direct, like um, masculine energy of like, just, fucking don't make excuses go do the thing go make it happen like let's just get it done like like it's gross pick it up whatever it doesn't matter just do it you know like there's that element of it but then there's this other element of it where it's like i get how that feels <laughs> i get how hard that is for you not everybody has that kind of range and that kind of brings a special thing to a lot of the mentorship and teaching that i do where i'm the guy that's like pushing you to a range where you don't feel like you're comfortable going, but at the same time, when you're there, I'm like feeling it with you. And I understand where you're at, which makes you feel safe, but also gives you the courage to go do something you didn't know you could do. I didn't know that I had that until I started teaching until I started like mentoring and, and coaching and whatever. And I didn't even ever plan to mentor or coach. It just became a thing because people asked me to do it. And so then I started to go like, Hey, like, you know, I like doing this. Why don't I do more of it? But the thing is, is like, there's a the quality, there's a quality that you bring and you never really know what it is until you start doing it. And the, the point is, is that the, the actual thing that you're trying to do 
you might not know as much as someone else. You might not have as much experience. You might not have as much credibility, success or whatever, but the way you do it might have something about it that matters so much more and probably will matter so much more than all of that. And then I would say one other thing, if you have an interest in it and a passion about it, and it lights you up for some reason, there's probably something in that. Like you didn't just randomly decide, although it might seem like it, you didn't just randomly decide to do 30 songs in a month, Evan, something about writing songs calls to you. So there's something about that that's important. And those that that interest and that curiosity is a very important element to all of this, I think, as well, where it's like mm-hmm. you put your attention to where you feel right, where you want, where what interests you, what makes you curious. And then you got to trust that once you start actually taking action on it, that something will surface out of it that's unforeseen, un- unexpected. And um you got to give yourself that chance, you know, selling yourself short would be like to not even do it because you're not ready and whatever. Right. At least in my, you know, humble opinion at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I, I definitely worked up to a thing of, of 30 songs initially in my head. I'd say it's like, what if you wrote a hundred songs in a hundred days? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, maybe I scale that down just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> to like 30 days that seems like probably a good a good place to start with but um but yeah you know i my my whole thought process behind that was in some ways from that documentary was well if john lennon and paul mccartney can write a hundred plus shitty songs <laughs> that no one will ever hear because of how shitty they are <laughs> well then i can write a hundred shitty songs too <laughs> You know, I think it's, it's, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit, but not getting so precious about it, not being so, making such a big deal over the thing that we're doing. I think that that is such a, that is such a creativity killer, you know, like it doesn't mean that, that big things can't come out of it. And it, and it doesn't mean that following through and accomplishing it isn't a big deal, you know, because it is a big deal, but when you make it a big deal in your mind when you're in the middle of doing it or when you're thinking about doing something it becomes so hard to do yeah it becomes so so hard to do it's like you've given your it, it's like you've unnecessarily made made it that much harder on yourself because now this thing that you do has to live up to all of these things right when I think that all of the great works in any art form, it's, they're great looking back on it, you know, but that's not, that's not how you do it. You don't do it thinking how great it is. You do it just thinking about what the thing needs to be. What's the next line to that song? That's it. What's the next line to that song? What's the next chord that comes after it? Right? That's it. That's, that's always it is the immediate thing in front of you, you know, and, and that's always manageable, which is the beautiful thing. And you just, when you com- continually commit to doing that thing, then suddenly you start looking back on it and you go, oh yeah, look at that. That's a pretty great song. That one, that one came out pretty great. 
you know, and, and, you know, some of them don't come out so great, but I, I find that it's, that's part of the process, particularly in songwriting, but I think in so many art forms is you start out and it's, and it's not fantastic, you know, and that's totally fine. You know, like it's, it can be bad. It can be, um, really mediocre, <laughs> you know, it can be devastatingly mediocre, but you have endless creativity. You know, you just keep on, on doing it. Like my songs are getting better. You know, I'm on day 15 today. So I'm, I'm at the halfway, I'm at the halfway point. And some of the stuff was pretty bad. There was like maybe little things about it that are great. The other day I wrote a song that I was like, this is a nice song. I was like the first one, I was like day 13 or something. And it's, and it's very simple. It's one thing I've learned about songwriting. Actually, (laughs) if I can say one thing that I've learned about songwriting is like, keep it simple. Hmm. I've been learning how to be more simple with what I'm doing. Uh, makes it a lot easier. Um, but it's a simple song and I'm like, you know what? This is a great song. This is a great little song. And it came on day 13 or something. Right. But like, I, you know, it, it, it took a while and, and I can't say entirely what it all is, but just under, just a certain sense of instinct is developing a certain sense of, um, yeah, I don't know, just, just an instinct an intuition, a sensibility about how it all comes together is beginning to form and it's making it easier in a, in a strange way, but there's still a, a commitment to what is just the thing in front of you. What is the thing in front of you and seeing where it goes? It's like creativity is supposed to be an adventure, mm-hmm. I think, you know? And so it's like, you got, I don't know if we've gotten a little bit off of topic here. Um, I don't think so, but because I think the way we sell ourselves short is that we look too far into the future as to where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed mm. to, what's supposed to happen. Thanks for the save. Yeah, but I think you're on I think you're on point. I mean, you know, when you're really purely dialed into what you're doing, none of that stuff matters. The future doesn't really matter because you're doing what you love to do. When I like you know, for me with film, um I started by making a film and then I and then I got into acting, but like I wanted to be a filmmaker and then an actor and then screenwriting kind of became this necessity of like, how am I going to make films and take control of my career? Um, So I just decided I would learn them all. And I remember like when I first found out our family computer had an editing system and I was like 17 or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, we have a, it was shit. It was like the worst editing system ever. It was terrible. But I could edit for the first time. And I mean, like people today have phones where you can just like download an app. Like which editing service do you want? Like this is so friggin' easy for everybody now. So I have um, very little compassion for you when you make excuses because I I didn't have access to anything. Like I didn't even have a camera. I had nothing. Like Like I wanted to be a filmmaker and I had no encouragement, no gear, no access to anything. And then one night I stumbled across an editing system that just happened to get installed onto my mom's computer. And I stayed up all night 
and I had no footage to edit because I hadn't shot anything yet. So I took video clips and I, and I figured out how to, I didn't know how, I was 17. I didn't know how to jack. And I figured out how to capture some video footage from like newsreels. <laughs> I took it and I put it into this, into this editing system. This is all very like, like you guys have no idea how basic and bad and poorly formulated this thing was. <laughs> And I put it in there and then I put music to it. I started editing it. And then I found cat videos because there was cat videos that were available and I edited mm. funny cat videos. And I just started this is all doing early shit. days of the internet folks. Exactly. Right. And, uh, and, um, you know, I was, and then that, so I started doing that and I learned, I learned how to edit. I started to like learn, okay, well this works, this doesn't work. And I had no teaching and no books and no anything. Like I just was learning as I was doing it. And then, uh, um, when I was like 18 or something, I moved to Vancouver and, uh, actually, I don't even think I was a, I don't even know, like this, I can't even remember timeframes, but whatever. I remember, uh, writing, I was like, yeah, I need to learn how to screenwrite. So I went down to chapters bookstore and I looked at all the books and I bought this one book. It was the very first screenwriting book I ever bought. And it was called screenwriting one-on-one. And I don't think it was by far the best book by any means, but it was it, it did some things. One thing in particular it did was it taught me how a script is actually like structured, right? Like, like where everything goes, like where the dialogue goes, where the action goes. Cause I wanted my scripts to actually look like scripts. Cause everything I had tried to write was like on a word document and it looked like crap, but I wanted it to yeah. like actually look like a script. And I didn't, here's the thing. I had no encouragement no mentorship, no guidance, no education. I didn't even know there were software options and I didn't have one. So I went home and I read this book and then I learned how to do it on word, how to create my own script document. I did it from scratch. And the thing is, is like, when you read my screenwriting and I know you have Evan, but one of the things that's made me successful as a screenwriter is I know how to write a script and I know how to like structure it, not just structure it to make it look pretty, but like I've done so much work on like actually making it look a certain way that like when I give you a script, I'm, I'm presenting the words like a picture because for me as a young man, I was learning how to make them look professional. And that was an important thing to me. But now when I have screenwriting software, I don't abuse the software. I make the software help me create the artistic look of the script. Now we're all using the same, when you're writing professionally, we're all using the same letter font. We're all using the same things, you know, like the, you know, the slug line, the action line, the dialogue line, the character line, we're all using the same things, but they're not all done the same way. And when you look at a script that's written professionally and it's written well, you look at it and it looks professional. Like you just look at it and it looks professional. And that's an element to me that became very important. So my, my kind of acknowledgement to this conversation is like that kind of work that I did when I was younger, where I learned how to edit and I learned how to write and do that stuff on my own. Um, those are valuable things that are a part of my process now. And, mm -hmm. um, 
when I do a screenwriting meeting with someone, like, look, if the, the first person from this podcast, I'll, I'll throw this out there. First person from this podcast that messages me and says, hey, Brandon, I'd like a screenwriting lesson from you. I'll give it to you for free. I'll give it to you for free. I'll give you a whole hour and I will show you how I write professionally. I will teach you how it's done. And your scripts will look fucking awesome. I can promise you that. The thing is, is that when you, when you go and you do whatever you're trying to do, you don't know what you're learning. You don't know why this is valuable. So I never knew that like learning how to write a script this way would serve me later in my presentation of my scripts. And that might not seem like a big deal to some people, but it really is. I mean, like I've, I know producers that will look at a script and be like, this looks unprofessional and they'll like immediately they'll almost disregard it. So, you know, these, these little things, like you don't, you don't realize like how they, um, how they basically play into everything you're trying to build. You know, they're, they're very powerful things that you've been learning. And, I, and my point here is that that's something you just take for granted. Usually like I've took it, I've taken it for granted um, a lot. And I've realized it's like, Oh, you know what? Like learning how to make a script look good is actually a skill that I developed, mm -hmm. but not everybody has. And you might have a better writer, but they make their script look unprofessional. And you know what? Unfortunately you'll lose because in a lot of ways, presentation matters. Look at Apple, right? It might not even be the best technology, but they present that shit so well. And, and Steve Jobs knew that if he presented it well, that it would give you a perception of value. And the perception of value is sometimes more important than the value itself. And um, you just, you know, you, you, you don't know what you're learning along the way. You just got to try, you got to do it. You got to, you got to follow your interest, follow your curiosity and you'll learn lessons and you'll, you'll pull things out. You just don't expect. Um, but you, my mm -hmm. point is, is here, right back to yours again, Evan, is you don't know where it's going. You're just yeah. doing it right now. And that's, what's important. Yeah. And these things add up. So again, like, yeah, don't take your, yourself for granted, you know, um, you know, don't sell yourself short because, uh, and going back to something else, uh, we said earlier, which is, you know, if you put care and attention into something, you're going to learn something. You are putting care and attention into something, you know, and it wasn't just picking up a book. It was actually seeing how this stuff were like, all right, let's just start messing around with this, this editing software. Let's, uh, it makes me think of, uh, a great quote from, I believe it was from the laws of spirit by Dan Millman. Action turns knowledge to wisdom. Hmm. So true. Every time I, I, I remember that quote, I'm just like, it becomes truer and truer the more <laughs> I hear it. It really does. It just takes everything that's theoretical in your head or something that you have, you know, a sort of very soft understanding of and brings you into an intimate understanding of something. You know, it's like, oh, this is why we do this or this is why we do that. Oh, or this is when we can actually throw that out. We don't have to even, you know follow that rule when it comes yeah. to this, you know, like it's when you, when you actually, you know, put rubber to the road, like, man, there is so much wisdom in that. And the thing is, is that we're all in the process of the rubber to the road of our own lives. Mm -hmm. And we are 
More than anyone else in the world, we are our own teachers. Yes, we have many teachers who who we have along the way and they help us and they guide us and they and and they're incredible people, um, especially when a really good one comes into our lives. But more so than ever, we ourselves are our own teachers. We are teaching ourselves how to do things all the time. We are mm-hmm. teaching ourselves and we don't, I think that that's in some ways like why we don't always recognize it, right? Like we've taught ourselves all of these lessons and they're happening on such a small level, but they just start piling up and piling up and piling up. And you don't even know what you've got at a certain point because you're just walking around with this stuff. But when you start to share it genuinely, when you have the courage to just step out, you know, just take that first step into sharing something of what you have that you have some strong feeling about in your life, you've got something to say. You've got something to give there. Like that's, that's pretty much a promise. And the only, and and the only thing that, that goes beyond that is you're just going to learn how to get better at doing that, you know, but it's, it's, you know, you were mentioning how you're like, man, like I'm, I I don't know how much better of a teacher I'm going to be in, in five years, one year from now. You know, I just from, you know, I've got a, got an acting class going right now and I just learned something from my last class last week. I'm a better teacher. <laughs> I'm a better teacher this week than I was last week because <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I know how to do this now better, you know, just, just through making mistakes. Right. And it's a weird thing to do, especially in, in teaching, you know, cause there's this strange pressure that you know, you have to, you have to know everything. You have to be perfect that there's not room to make mistakes as a teacher, but by all means, please make mistakes as a teacher. Yeah. Right? just I mean, just acknowledge when you make mistakes, that's it, you know, and just like, uh, you know, whether it's a public acknowledgement or a personal acknowledgement, you know, um, you know, there's like, something I've learned. I mean, I was mentioning this earlier about like, you know, teaching is like, I'm, I'm very much, I tend to be very much along the lines of helping people to get past their excuses. Because for me as a young man, there was no room for excuses, not just in the way that I grew up, but in the way that the way that I, if I was going to do anything, I couldn't make excuses. If I made excuses, I was dead. Like, like I didn't have support. In fact, I didn't not only have support. I had like, my father was like actively working against me doing what I wanted to do. So to me, um, and, and look like whatever, there's, there's plenty of story and, and stuff I can get into about all of that. But for me, it was like, if I don't, figure out a way to do this. It's never going to happen. Like, like, because it's not like I have any advantages in this area. Like I'm, I'm being directed to move in a way that I don't want to move. And so if I'm going to do it, I have to do it. Like, that's it. There's just no, there's no like asking for permission. There's no, um, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. None of this matters because, um, my dad was very dominant. He was very, um, he was very successful. He was, he was 
very much a leader and he was a salesman and he could sell me on just about anything. And then one thing that I said, I will, you'll never fucking sell me out of my vision and my dreams. I just, I was like, he can sell me on anything but that. And he could sell me on anything, man. This guy was, this guy could sell anything to anybody. He was just fucking so talented that way. And it was tough being his son because I had a guy who couldn't, who could inspire me to do something that I wanted to do. But then at the same time, he could inspire me something to do something I didn't want to do. <laughs> so what I learned was defiance. And this is a very, very powerful tool to have as a human being. People, a lot of people don't have defiance like I have. I have fucking mad defiance. Because when you're dealing with somebody that is extremely skilled, and I'm talking extremely skilled at sales, like his whole life was sales. He went from nothing to being a millionaire on sales alone. The guy didn't even understand how to do what he, like the guy could have been probably 10 million or hundred million. He could have probably, he could have done more if he understood business and how to leverage his money and do all this other shit, but he knew how to sell and he could just on pure sales make a million dollars or more. You know what I mean? And in a time when a million dollars was actually pretty special now, a million dollars is whatever. But um, so, you know, my point is, is that this, these challenges that you face in life, they're building something in you. And my ability to defy authority, to defy uh, manipulation, to defy a lot of stuff has given me an incredible strength and an incredible artistic voice, in my opinion. And I've demonstrated that, I feel, in many ways. Because the thing is, is like, I've learned to listen to my own voice. And what I try to share with people is I try to share to them that how important that is. And how you don't want to let anybody take you away from that. And I think we get sold all the time to sell ourselves short. I think we get sold all the time. I think we get told, people go, oh, that's real hard. What are the odds? They're selling you, man. They're fucking selling you on giving up on your fucking dream. And you need to have a kind of mindset where you say, fuck that, fuck this. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm not listening. I'm, this is what I'm doing and I'm doing it. And I don't care. And, and, and my dad, as great as he was at that, he did not believe in me. And that hurts me deep. I had to believe in me. I had to, and it was a fight for my fucking life as far as I'm concerned. And the only reason why I'm here on this podcast talking about this kind of stuff is because I did, I did not give up on that. I decided even in my darkest moments that there's still a spark. And if there's a spark that I still have something, I'm not, it makes me emotional because it breaks my fucking heart to have anybody talked out of their dream. And I think this is a thing. It's like, give yourself a break. Like, like don't sell yourself short. There's something in you. I, I just, I know it because guys, you know, on the other side of this podcast, I know what it's like to just have a fucking spark in a dark, dark, dim world. And if you have that spark, that's enough. That's, that's all it takes to light a fire. Just one little tiny spark. And if you can sense something in you that's alive, 
you have enough and you just got to keep that alive. That's, that's, that's you like your, your one task in this world and try to get it to ignite something. If it's like Evan and you want to write 30 songs in a month and you think that might ignite it, go do it. You know, if it's, if it's going and painting some stuff, go paint it. Just, just try to get it to light whatever you're trying to light on fire. You know, look at it that way. Don't let the world sell you on being small and insignificant and that you don't matter. Um, you're not, but the world will try to tell you this, unfortunately, you know, we don't always have champions in our corner. And I think that's, you know, roundabout way. I mean, I think that's why I mentor and coach people because like, I know what it's like. Cause I, I was on the brink so many times of letting that little spark go out. And so I guess to me, everything is about let's keep it alive and then let's see what we can ignite with it. You know, let's mm-hmm. see what we can light up with it. Let's see what it could do. You know, if you got that, then I can work with you. That's all you need. You know, and and I and I don't think I'm alone in that. I actually think there's a lot of mentors and teachers that could work with you if you just had a spark. You know, um, um, but you know, that's kind of my it's a lot of my model, you know, it's a lot of how I work. It's like, fuck, man, yeah, don't give up on it. <laughs> I think that's part of the conversation too, is don't give mm-hmm. up on it. I I'm like, fuck it. I put my I put my entire heart on the line for that one for people because I just I think it keeps people alive. I honestly do. I think it keeps you alive. And I, I don't even think that I think it not only does it keep you alive, it gives you a life that you feel proud of living. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's one of the ways there's something about what you just said. Hopefully it comes around here, but you know, you, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, like, and it almost sounds dramatic, you know, it was, almost my reaction you said it's like this is like for you it was like it was like life and death you know and you're like well you know you know it's you got someone who's you know kind of shitting on your dreams a little bit and you know life and death maybe a bit no it's not dramatic is it life and death in the sense that your mortal you know like your mortal life is in peril no but if we're thinking of it in the context of the life that you're going to lead for the rest of your life. This, if, if we want to look at it, it's like this, this one life that you have that you're leading right now, the only one that you know, it is life and death. It is life and death. I think that if we really saw the, a lot of the compromises that we make, you know, like life, yes, we, we got to make compromises in life, but there are certain things where it's like, we got to give, especially if you're an artist, especially if you are a creative person, like if you're not giving that space in your life to, to come through, like that's, that's a living waking death. You know, that's a living waking nightmare, you know, to be, to be living through that. And there was something I was hoping it was going to come back to me (laughs) as I was going through that one point, but it was, there was something about what you said that's just that um, there towards the end that is 100%. It's a way in which we, that we do sell ourselves short. Um, And I'm just trying to remember what it was that you said. I was like, yeah, that's a weird little way in which we sell ourselves short. I might have to go and listen back to this later on. All right. Well, let's, maybe it'll come back. Um, Let me kind of add this in. 
your life is not your life until you decide to live it. That's my opinion, but I, I really truly believe that that is actually the truth of this experience that we're in. You might be alive. You might have a beating heart. You might have breath. You might have consciousness. But until you decide that you're going to do something with it, you're just existing. You're floating log in a river that's headed somewhere and you have nothing, you have nothing to do with anything. You're just having the experience of floating down a river. That's your life. And if that makes you happy, then do it, do it 100% and just not going to enjoy the shit out of it. No, no judgment, no problem. But if you're floating down your life, and you're working a job you don't like, and you're doing things you don't like, and you're hanging out with people you don't like, and, and you're, you're not doing things you would like, and you're not putting your energy where you would like, and blah, blah, blah. You got to decide if you're going to continue doing that indefinitely, or if you're going to change. And, and if you don't think you can change, then you're selling yourself short. Because the one thing that's so incredible about being a human being, at least in this realm and this experience of whatever we're in, is that you can activate. You can activate yourself. And I think that's fucking incredible. I just think that's incredible. And, and you could argue that your activation is pre-programmed by life experience you've had, and blah, 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 blah. But if you have some kind of thing inside of you and you're like, I want to get that out. I want to do that. I want to try that. That's activating. That's activating your life. And so like selling yourself short is deciding that you're not allowed. You can't, you're not capable. You're not good enough to activate. And it just don't just don't just activate. You know, I don't know what that means for you, but activate, you know, like, like you like something, go do it. You interested in something, go follow down that path, you know, like just, just, just do it. You know, stop making an excuse. Stop telling a story. Uh, why are you not allowed? Why, why, why are, why are you somehow the exception? You know, and then you might think, well, everybody's the exception. There's just some special people. You're the special person. You just haven't been activated yet. That's the only difference, you know? So activate, I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know what's going to happen for you, but I can tell you that activating your life is a lot better than just existing and taking what you're given and just being like, well, you know, like who's running your life at that point? You know what I mean? That's like, that's my thing is like, you're going to live your whole life getting told what to do. People telling you what should be important to you, what shouldn't be important to you. And you're going to have all those decisions made for you. I mean, I just don't, I, I just don't like when I see people in a first world country that are depressed, I was because you're not living your life. You're not, you're not the one running the show. You're buying into the story. You're being sold. Like when I was depressed, I was being sold. I was being sold on how my life was shit and how things didn't mean anything. I was being sold on that. And I had to, I, I decided at a certain point, either I die and I literally was facing that point where I was ready 
to be like, fuck it. Like, what's the point? So either I, it was life or death to some degree, because it's like whether I die, because there's no point in even carrying on, because I'm in too much heartbreak, I'm in too much pain, it sucks too bad, or I decide to make something out of this wreckage that I found myself in. And I said, fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Let's see if I can put these broken pieces back together and make something out of this. And you know what? I'm, I, I built my life back up, you know? And I, I think that I've probably done that more than once, honestly, but I think you can do it. And I think that's activating yourself and saying like, you know what? My life is shit. I don't like it. Well, put those shitty pieces together and make something beautiful out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> do it for yourself because you're worth it. Hey, everybody. This is Evan. And this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Oh, oftentimes it's the, uh, those, those shitty pieces that, that are the, one of the most beautiful things that we have to share with people, yeah. you know, when we, when we put it and arrange it in the, in the right way, you know, <laughs> it's like, we can, we can give each other such tremendous, um, perspective from all of it, but yeah, it's, um, you know, and I, you mentioned spark, you know, like it's the word that you brought up a lot. And I really like that, you know, the spark or, or fire, you know, like there's a spark, there's a fire, no matter how small or big that you have, you know, within you, you know, like it's, those things usually don't lead, lead us wrong. They don't lead us in a bad direction. You know, like they're in fact, usually lighting the way into the right direction for us to go. And, you know, when those things present themselves to us, when we're aware of that and we start telling ourselves those stories of it's like, oh, well, who am I? And there's so many people who've been doing this longer than I have, or there's people who are so much more talented than I, I am. And, you know, the, the thousands of things that we can tell ourselves, you know, it's like, you're just, you just, you know, you're throwing, you're throwing dirt on top of those fires, you're throwing dirt on top, top of those, those embers that, that are underneath there. And, and it's just not necessary because like you were saying, like you have no idea what might come of it, you know, which is why I think it's a, it's a wise thing to, why they say it's like, it's, it's a wise thing to let go of your sense of outcome, you know, of, of what's supposed to come through it. Because when, because when you're not so focused on that, you can allow just whatever's most true about you to come through. And then that has a way of really connecting with people that has a way of really doing something incredible when there's something so pure and raw and true that comes from a person's soul. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, on a, on, on like a, guitar on an, any kind of instrument, you know, like if you hit, I'll just use a guitar on a guitar that's 
tuned in, in a way that a guitar is standard tuning. There's two E strings on it, right? If you hit one of them, the other one will start vibrating. Mm. But it's the same way you can have you can have two you could have two different guitars and someone can hit could hit like uh, that string on another guitar and you'll feel it vibrating on the other one. Wow. Same thing with, uh, you know, even with a piano, you could hit a piano. It's like you hit that E boom. It's going to like if that guitar is in, in the space, the E will start ringing. When you share those things, when you let that pure sound come through, because in a weird philosophical poetic way, I'll say it's like the E doesn't doesn't hesitate in expressing what <laughs> it's E, <laughs> right? But we hesitate, right? We, and the more and more pure we can get to that expression, it it just it's it's our soul speaking, and it resonates with other souls, and and it can do incredible things. It can do really incredible things, and we don't always know what that is. We can have hopes for what it might do, but I don't know if that's really our business to a large degree if when we're creating. You know, yeah, you don't you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the impact that it's having in the world. That's like a, a really important thing to keep in mind. I mean like um you know <laughs> I about eight or nine years, eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, I started doing this film school not because I wanted to do a film school. I mean, I kind of did. I kind of wanted to teach people at, at that point, people had enough people had asked me to help them make films and write scripts and stuff, but just like one-on-one -on -one people, you know, just like, Hey, can you help me write the script? Can you help me do this? Can you teach me how to do that? Okay, sure. And then I just happened to be in this situation where I joined some like kind of production company thing. It was not really a production. I mean, it was kind of a, a group and they, they had seen what I'd done and they were like, Hey, could you, would you teach us all how to make films? Would you run a course? And I said, all right, but here's the deal. If you do it, everybody has to make a film because I'm not doing this. If, if you don't like, I'm not doing this. Isn't going to be a theory class this is going to be an actual class. And so I said, fine. They made the agreement. I said, great. And then it was so successful that I ended up starting a business out of it. But what was interesting about that is my, one of my closest and best friends and mentors um, saw what we were doing in that class and saw the final result. And I never knew up until then. And he was so impressed with what had happened with this course that he basically decided to like, not only did we bond, but he basically decided to like take me under his wing, mentor me and teach me, you know, how to take my career to the next level and all that. And now, you know, uh, you know, nine, eight years later, like we're living together, uh, you know, working on productions together, you know, building things together. Um, and it's created this incredible opportunity where we live on an acreage and we're just, just we're building a 28 foot movie theater in our, in our shop uh, you know, like, it's just like, yeah. like all these incredible things have come out of this thing. And all I did was I said, like, look, I want to teach people how to make movies and I'm going to teach you genuinely, but like, whatever. And it ended up creating an opportunity. And I was walking around, uh, the property the other day and I'm just thinking like, how did I get so lucky? 
to, to be here, to have this situation, to have this opportunity, like, like, I mean, your life can always, there's can always be other things that can occur, but I'm just like, this came out of me just doing what I really wanted to be doing. And I really just followed it wholeheartedly mm -hmm. and wholeheartedly makes things happen. And I used to have this vision when I was younger about having an acreage and being able to create like a, basically an adult playground on it. And that's what we're doing now. And I'm just like, isn't that weird? Isn't that funny how that's actually happening now? And I never knew when it would happen, but it's happening and I'm living it. And my whole, like my, my, my dream is actually like, it just hit me the other day. It's like, you're living your dream. You're actually living the thing that you said you wanted to do. And so you just don't know. So all I can say is that, um, you don't really know where like success or avenues are going to open up. You just have to do what it is that you really feel inspired to do and what's pulling you, what's calling you, um, what's in your mind. I mean, um, and, and like dare to dream, you know, but don't be so worked up about whether that dream is coming true immediately. Like, I don't know how to explain this. This is such a weird thing, Evan. Like to, to the other day, I, I woke up and I walked around and I was like, I'm living a dream I had, like, this is reality. So I was like going, but how did that happen? And how did it happen without me realizing it was happening? You know what I mean? Like you just don't, you don't know what you're putting out into the world when you're doing it. So like I, I my, my, my acknowledgement is like, I guess where I would say where things were going right is that I just decided, um, you know, I decided to be grateful. I decided to be appreciative of even the hard times. I decided that, um, I decided that I was enough. I decided that I was lovable. I decided that my intentions were things that I wasn't waiting. Like they weren't like hopefuls. They were just things I was just on my way to picking up in life. And I'm starting to see weird things just start to happen. Um, and kind of materialize in my life. And it's kind of like some people call that manifestation, but it's like, well, it is manifestation, but it's not like woo woo spiritual. It's like in a weird way, when you put intention and you put like yourself out there in the world, you're planting seeds and you just don't know what those seeds are growing into. You just mm -hmm. don't know. Like, it's like uh, you plant a seed and you don't know what plant it is. You just know it's a good plant that you want. And you kind of like, you just, you, when, whenever you take an action on something, it's like you planted another seed, you know? And so, yeah. um, you just got to keep doing that, you know? And, and I think that, that beautiful things blossom. Yeah. Something that's emerging for me in this conversation is how much of what we're talking about, at least in my mind, is what we say yes to and what we say no to. And I think for me, really in this conversation, that's important to me is we learn to say yes to a certain part of ourselves that so often we say no to and all and you know all things we take for granted all all the ways that we sell ourselves short and it makes us say no 
to that spark. It makes us say no to that fire. And if we can get to a yes just a little bit more often, you know, it's like you think of that that old movie, Yes Man, with uh, it's not old, but, you know, like <laughs> with Jim Carrey, Yes Man, just how transformative saying yes was to this person's life. I think creative people say no to themselves so, so often or people who really want, who are creative being like super creative people at heart. There is, I mean, I don't know if there's anything um, much more painful than being a creative person who's not creating. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's really, there's a, there's, there's quite a tragedy to, to when that, that happens. And it's interesting because I never think that that fire and that ember ever really go out. I don't know if it ever really does. I think that the the problem becomes, you know, that it, that fire, and that ember starts burning up things elsewhere. Mm. You know, like it just, it moves, it moves elsewhere. Um, but it never goes away. And, in some ways, if you have something like that in your life, that's something to be so grateful for is a fire that won't go out is a fire that won't leave you alone because it's calling you to life. Mm -hmm. You know, like it is calling you to life and it might cause you some discomfort for a period of time until you wake up to it, until you smell the smoke and the fire that's just burning in your life you know, and causing destruction, you know, I think maybe that's what happens when you sit on that, the, on your creative fire is that it starts to burn up all of the, you know, things you don't want it burning up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, as you know, Brandon, I recently put out a book and I've never put out a book before. And it's something that like, I think the idea for it came mid 2016 or something like that. And it's taken up to now, <laughs> you know, and to, for me to get it out. And I look at it, it's like, Oh my God, like it took me like five, five and a half years for this to, to all come together. But it was one of those things. There was, there was something there. There was a fire. There was an ember that I never expected. I never th really had considered writing a book before, but it was suddenly there was this this call to write this book about something that I felt really strongly about, some things that I really wanted to to say and share. And it was a process, you know, like and and I learned a lot and made made some mistakes along the way as I <laughs> I've said I feel like I took longer than I probably needed to, but at the same time, it's all kind of perfect. It 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 took the time it needed because there were certain things I needed to learn through that time, uh, in it all coming together. But um, you know, I went through the whole process of like, can I write a book? Like, I'm not an author. I never went to, you know, like I've written other things before. Like I've written scripts and screenplays, some of them with you. But like, I'm like, I've, and, and I've done a lot of journaling and, and, you know, other forms of writing, but 
a book. I didn't know if that was something I, I could do, whether I had the right to do something like that. Um, and, and how would other people receive me writing a book um, and, and maybe more specifically writing a book about what I was writing a book about. And so there's all that stuff that was at, at play, but eventually like, I'm thankful that there was a fire there that said like, no, this is like, you have to release this. Like you have to, this isn't one that you can let slip away. Like this is going to keep on gnawing at you and gnawing at you and gnawing at you until you do it. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, as much as it felt like a burden <laughs> at certain times to, to, it's like, you've got to get this done. You've got to get this done. I'm, I'm so happy that there was something there because it was just, it was, it was fire that would not, that would not be ignored. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it pushes I mean, you into a place, you know, it, it forces you it to do it. And sometimes there's something that's so great about forcing yourself to, 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 especially when you know it's something that you do care about and that you are passionate about. Like sometimes you just got to give yourself these little incentives to, to just give yourself permission, give yourself permission to say yes, to say yes to yourself, to say that like, you know what? Yeah, I can do this. And I don't know necessarily exactly what it is that I'm, I'm sharing that's new or different or impactful. But when you speak from a place of, of your truth, that stuff seems to take care of itself. I think. I think so. I mean, I think that you took something and you took a, you took a take on it that is unique. And, um, you know, and, and I think it's important, you know, I actually think like, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, when you're creating something, you never really know, you never really know what it's leading to or what's, what's, what's going to happen with it or what's going on. But I mean, you know, I, I remember I read, uh, one of the first early versions of the book. I mean, I don't know how much it's changed ultimately. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get another copy here of your published version, um, and, and give it another read because, you know, I did enjoy the perspective you put on. And I remember like, I got the luxury of being around you while you were figuring out what you're trying to say and why you're trying to say it. And, you know, I mean, with, with things like acting and filmmaking or, uh, storytelling or painting a picture, writing a song or whatever, there's always room for something new to come into these arts you know a new element that we were missing a quality uh, a certain thing and you know who knows if you're kind of if you have the the thing that's going to bring in this really kind of cool quality into whatever we're doing you know like I think it's amazing you wrote this book it's super inspiring to me and um you know I think whether you're an actor or not, you should honestly just pick up this book. Um, it's called The Actor's Awakening, right? And that's the name? Oh, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, The Actor's Awakening, uh, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. 10 bucks if you're in America, like 12 if you're in Canada or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, something like that. <laughs> something similar to that, something yeah. around there. Yeah, no, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, you, you, you got it, you got it. 
Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I, I think it's great, man. I think it's just the beginning of, uh, of a lot of things that are going to ultimately unfold from your mind as far as like what you write and create. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it, it is, it's, it's no, uh, it's no small feat to publish a book, um, to paint a painting, to make a song, to make an album, to, to, to write a script, whatever you're doing, like these, these, these things, like, I think, uh, you know, I've written like something like 30 scripts and now writing a script to me is like no big deal. But the thing is, is like, there was a day where a script was a very overwhelming experience. And, you know, I think the thing is, is like, you, uh, you go out and you do something and you give it a shot and, and if you have good intent, and I think with this book, you had really good intent. And I honestly think like, I, I, I would, I would recommend people go and just grab it, whether you're an actor or not, because it's an interesting perspective on the artistic experience with an element of bringing in kind of the spirituality of like the, the, the greater humanness of our art, which I think is, is so important, you know, and, and, I could see a lot of people being scared to take on subject matter like that. You know what I mean? But you took it on. And I think that's really cool. And I think there was some really great things in there. And there were some fundamental things that it was like, this is beyond spirituality, but yeah, it's related. You know what I mean? Because it's like, um, there's all these ways in which we overcomplicate art and we don't, we get too caught up in the technique and whatever. And you kind of like dismantled that and you helped I think what that book does, at least from what I remember it doing for me, was it helped people to um, kind of connect to the humanness of art, you know, the the journey of art, which is a lot of what we try to do in these conversations. So, you know, well, man, geez, good Brent, stuff. that was uh, that was yeah, no, that was uh, my goodness, what a, what a fantastic review for everybody. I much appreciate it, sir. Yeah, well, we'll put the link in this podcast so people can pick it up because I think you guys should. And, uh, you know, uh, man, you're doing a good job. It's inspiring for me. And I'm sure it's inspired a lot of other people. I mean, the thing is, is like, we're all artists working our way through this. And I think the thing is, is like, you've put in a lot of work, you know, you've put a lot of work into acting. You've not only done acting, you've screenwritten, you've made films, you've done everything. Um, and for you to share your knowledge with everybody about that, there's, there's value in that. You know, there's a lot of uh, great things that people can get out of that. And um, the nice thing about a book is like, you had to think that out. You had to really articulate your thoughts. So they get a very streamlined kind of direct version of, you know, some things. And I mean, it's such a small investment. I mean, that's the great thing about books. People don't read books as much as much these days, but they should. I mean, it's a 10, $12 investment and you're going to get a wealth of knowledge it took this guy five years to write. I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just saying like, that's the amazing thing. You know what I mean? And you, yeah. you know, I can, I can just say, uh, you did it from a, you did it from a real genuine place, which is good. So. Well, I tried and that's all we can, we can ever do. Right. Yeah. Is we, is we take the, take the thing that, that we feel some level of, of passion and fire about. And we, and we, try we try to do the best that we can with that in whatever thing that we know how to to work with it you know in this case it was writing you know based on whatever we've got right like you just you put it out there and you trust it 
you you try and have, but you know, I, I want to just say as well that part of the experience was also like the things, the things that I wrote about, you know, I wasn't intentionally trying to say something which was like, Oh, this is different from what everyone else is saying. So I'm going to say it, you know, like I, I know that that is a, that's a very clever way of approaching things. And there can be a value. Like I know there's a lot of different programs and courses and stuff where they, you know, they like to go into just like, all right, well, how, like, what's a way that you can separate yourself from everybody else and yada, yada, yada. And, and look, there, there's a value to that, but I, I think that that's still not a particularly great substitute for coming from a place where that's just, where that's inherent because for me it was like I was having certain experiences and learning about certain things that just made me go how the fuck have I never heard about this before how the fuck has has have I not read a book or met an an acting teacher who has explored these concepts with me how come I can't find it anywhere because these things are life changing for me these were things that I was really passionate about and had a lot of fire about. And so it was really, there was no sense of like, how my writing is, how is what I'm writing different? How is what I'm saying different? It's because I was already coming from a place of like, I don't, I, I'm not seeing this, you know? And, and I think that when we are working from that place where even what, if it gets you like, if it gets you a little heated, you know, or it gets you when it gets you fired up, like, is there some sort of subject matter in your life? Is there some area in your life where if you get going on it, you just get like fired up when you're talking to people, you know, and people kind of lean in to what you're saying. <laughs> That's the sign that you've got something interesting to say about this, that you have a perspective that maybe nobody has heard before. You know, I, I think that that's, it always, always, you know, we, we have all these complicated and surface level ways in which we try to do things and work things out. And it's just like, yeah, but if you just come from this place, if you come from the place of where your passion actually is, so much of that stuff just takes care of itself. Yeah. Right. But like that, that's the whole thing that our, we do in our culture is we see somebody who's got real fire and passion and they do something. And then we try and analyze it after the fact. And we say, oh, well, the reason why this was so good was because uh, they understood, you know, that uh, it was different from what everyone else was. And it was just like that wasn't the point. The point wasn't that it was different. The point was that they had some fucking passion about something. That was the point. And they wanted to share it with everybody. Mm -hmm. That was the point, right? But when you analyze it after the fact, like it's just, it, it, there's something that gets lost in translation there, you know, and we, and we all start trying to copy and mimic and, and, and just turn, turn passion into strategy. And don't get me wrong. Strategy has its place. But 
it does not replace passion. Mm-hmm. You gotta have that spark, man. You gotta, gotta have that spark. That tap of that spark. I you, okay. Before we wrap this baby up, there's one thought I wanted to share. I never thought about this until partway through this conversation, but um, we were considering titling this something like "Don't Sell Yourself Short." And I was thinking about that based on what I said about my dad, whatever. And I was like, "Yeah, don't sell yourself short. Your sale." You know, what's the sale? Mm. What are you selling? Right. And, uh, we're always selling, we're always selling something, you know, whether we, whether we're trying to sell it or not, you're always selling. And, uh, you know, this is just something I've learned in life. It's like, everything is sales, man. Everything life is sales because when you go and do something, you're selling someone on doing it as well. When you, um, when you tell yourself a story, that's a sales pitch. Every story is a sales pitch. It's telling you, it's selling you on something. And like, people don't think about it this way, but it really truly is. I mean, the hero beats evil at the end of the day is selling you on a narrative of how the world works. And the thing is, is that, do you buy it? Do you believe it? Is it real? You know, is that, does that resonate with you? And, um, you know, if you're going to sell yourself on, you're not good enough, if you don't add up, you don't have an experience, like you're going to, you can do a pretty good sales pitch on all that. So, you know, um, I think the point of this is like, don't make that sale, you know, why don't you sell yourself on how you are enough and how, you know, there's something beyond what you're, you know, what you're doing and, and start selling yourself on something that's a little bit more fun, a little more inspiring, a little more, you know, maybe takes you somewhere and, and gives you something that you actually want. And like, here's the thing. I mean, this is one thing I had to learn the hard way. And I'm sure a lot of people have too, but the, the universe, the world, like, well, the universe may, but I don't know the world, the rest of the people, they don't give a shit about your dream. They really don't, unless they're getting something out of it. I mean, like they want you like maybe your mentors and your coaches, like they, they might want you to succeed, but they want you to succeed because to them, them sharing their knowledge and wisdom and you using it and getting success, like is, is validating, you know, there's something out of it. Like everyone's getting something out of it. And if people are not getting something out of your dream and you're succeeding, then they have no stake in making you succeed and helping you succeed. They don't care. They're not going to care. There's nothing in it for them. And, and one of the key pinnacle rules I could just like impart on everybody is we're all extremely selfish. And this is a good thing to be aware of. It's not a problem. It's not a bad thing, but in our culture, we've made it into this. Don't be selfish. Don't be whatever. Look, everybody's looking out for themselves. And after they're looking out for themselves, they're looking out for probably their family or the people they love most. And if you're not them or the people that are in their inner circle, they probably don't care enough about you to give you guidance. That's the bottom line. They, they don't care enough to be invested in what you're doing, not to the degree that you need to be. So you need to be a little bit selfish not because you need to be, but because you already are and you're not acknowledging it. And that means you taking care of yourself, being responsible for yourself and selling yourself 
on the life or dream or vision or thing that you want to do and trying to talk yourself into why you can do it, can have it, can go for it, can make it work. Um, because the rest of the world is probably going to sell you out of it. Because in, in truth, they don't have an advantage in either selling you into it or selling you out of it. But the thing is, it's just easier to sell you out of it. There's a saying, Evan, why do people do bad things? Because it's easier. Why do people steal? Because it's easier to steal than it is to earn it. Why do people betray each other? Because it's easier to betray them than it is to not. It takes character. It takes, uh, you know, something. It takes fucking structure in your human being and personality, like to, to do the hard thing. And like building character is selling yourself on your dream. That's where character begins. Because once you start selling yourself on your dream, you stop being a little shyster. People who don't have dreams are shysters. You know, mm -hmm. I can uh, like pretty much across the board. And I, I'll say that across the board. If you have no dream, you're a little shyster. You're a little, you're a little sneak. You're a little wimp. You're a little coward. Cause you know what? Like there's a dream in you. I don't care what it is. Maybe it's the perfect relationship. Maybe it's the raising the perfect child. Maybe it's being the best at your fucking job, even if you don't like the job. But if you have something, you're not a shyster. But if you have nothing, you're a little sneak, you're a little wimp, you're a little coward. And like, you're not in your heart. So stop selling yourself into being a little coward, a little wimp, a little sneak, a little shyster. Because here's the thing, people who don't have a dream usually don't admit that they're selfish. And they usually don't admit that their selfish need is to sell people out of their dream because they did. People have a dream, in my experience, People who are real, genuine, heart-driven people, they sell you into your dream because it hurts them to not do it. And they're not doing it for you. That's the thing you need to understand. They don't give a shit about you. They do, but they don't. They do because they care about themselves and their own heart. And, and, and that's okay. We need to stop. We need to stop having this like, you need to care about people if to be a good person. No, you don't. You don't have to care about anybody. Care about yourself. We're all narcissistic to some degree. We're all selfish. We're all arrogant. Just admit it. Admit you're a liar. Admit that you're fake. Admit that you have these flaws. Stop pretending to be perfect. And then you actually get something done. You can't do business. Here's another thing. I'll just give you another rule of life rule that they don't talk about in school and they should just talk about. Don't ever do business with somebody that's perfect because they're not, they're a fucking sneak. There's nobody perfect. The best people at business acknowledge their selfishness. They acknowledge their, like, as Alan Watts would say, a rascal. They mm -hmm. acknowledge that, but they do their best to transcend it. They do their best to overcome it to push past it, to not give into it. Cause they know it's easy to be a rascal. It's easy to be selfish, right? But you, you are, but you, you, you step beyond it. And, and I think this is a part of like, not selling yourself short is like, be honest with yourself and then just go, okay, like I'm going to rise above my selfishness. I'm going to rise above my deception, above my shyster rascal side of myself that just wants it the easy way that wants everything given to me. And I'm going to, I'm going to rise above that. I'm going to push it aside and I'm going to earn it. I'm going to do it, you know, 
And I'm going to try to be good to people, even though I really just want to put myself first. That's fine that you want to put yourself first. The fact that you tried to put someone ahead of you, fucking good for you. That's a good person. That's what a good person is. A good person is a selfish person that pushed past their selfishness to give good to someone else. That's what a good person is. Mm. You know, nobody is intrinsically. And if they are just giving to everyone else instead of themselves, then they're a martyr and there there's some loss of self in that. So you can't win either way. Like you gotta, <laughs> you know, it takes character at the end of the yeah. day, it takes a certain amount of character and you just got to build it and, and selling yourself short is no character. Um, trying to enrich yourself and, and, and val value the simple things of your life. This is character. This is what it takes to be a, structure in the world that actually holds something up and it starts with yourself you can't you can't help anybody until you help yourself so don't you know those people who just give 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 and never take for themselves they're useless in the world they just are because they have no structure in themselves so how could they hold anyone else up you know mm -hmm. um, and and look like like i, I I'll just say this because I went on a big little tangent there. Big little. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> but I went on a big little tangent. But I would I did. I went on a tangent. Here's the thing. I want you to stand for something in your life. And I know that it means that you need to make something that you care about important. Not what I care about, not what Evan cares about, not what anyone else cares about, what you think is important. And if people want to call that selfish, fuck them. You need to decide that you have something and you are worth it. Don't tell, tell yourself that anybody else is more important than you, because this is your life and you're living your life and your responsibility is you first and foremost. And then if you can take care of you and you can be abundant and you can figure out how to fucking rock and roll, then you're going to be able to do awesome things for other people. But if you can't take care of yourself, you're not doing jack for anybody. So don't think you're a good person by not taking care of yourself. That's a, that was a, that was a good, big little rant there, Brando. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. you just got to do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, beer. Uh, so I'm drinking. I've had this one before. A neighbor of mine, uh, a neighbor of mine, left this left this at my place. This is uh, the Tukes of Hazard. Ah, uh, yes. From Parallel Forty Nine <laughs> Brewing, beer. a double white IPA, nine point two percent. So Ooh. I've been I've been drinking this one slow. I've been drinking this one real slow so that I didn't get too sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> by the time we reached the end of this one so but it's it's good for for a beer that is as strong as it is it's uh it's it's easy to drink like don't get me wrong it's not it's not a light beer it doesn't go down like it's a like a lager but it doesn't it, it does not uh its flavor and profile do not belie its alcohol percentage so uh it's a good one yeah yeah, those those are the sneaky ones. Those are the sneaky ones because they get you. 
because they taste good and you're drinking them back and all of a sudden you're like, whoa. Yeah, um, stumbling down the stairs. <laughs> all right, I'm with the same brewing company that I did last week, which is Sawback Brewing Co. And I'm just having a different beer from this brewery because um, I'm trying out a few of their options, seeing what I like. Um, but this one's an East Coast style pale ale. Delightful. Um, I'm already on my second. Um, tastes good. It's kind of a little bit foggy. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than it's been a good beer and it's been going down easy. And uh, um, for an IPA for me, that's usually a really good sign because I usually find with IPAs like they're harder to drink for me like like really quickly a lot of the time because they're so powerful. But this is tasty and and good. So there you go. All right, let's wrap this this bad boy up. I'll uh, I'll kick things off. I'm just gonna say with this one is, you know, when you choose to begin something, there beginning anything that you're passionate about is courageous. There is something daring and bold to doing that because it's not an easy thing to do. And saying, daring to say yes to that fire, daring to say to yourself that, you know what? I am good enough to do this. I am good enough to begin this, you know, and, and enter into this arena that's incredible. It's mm. incredible courage and and it's beyond what a alarmingly high number of people are not doing. Say yes to something in your life that you have fire about. Spend some time connected. There's a good chance you already have a pretty good idea of what that thing is. And if you don't, spend some time listening to what that is. What do you have an interest in? What do you have a curiosity about? But what requires you to actually take, take action on something, right? Find what that thing is and say yes to it. Mm. Say yes to it. Go for it. Pursue it. See where it leads you. Let go of, of any sense of, of what it has to be uh, and enjoy it enjoy that that whole process and um yeah i don't know i guess that's it for me don't sell yourself short like you've you've got something if you've got if you've got fire you've got something you've got something and anything less than its expression is selling yourself short well to go on this whole idea of sales because I feel like that's a, been a kind of a reoccurring theme for me with this particular conversation is an exercise I did this week was I took down every type of objection, every type of excuse that I have as to why I'm not doing or can't do or not qualified or whatever to do whatever it is I want to do. And I wrote out a counter argument. And so my suggestion for everybody here is if you're not going to sell yourself short because you're already doing that, you know, that's your sales pitch to yourself. I'm not good enough because of blah, 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 whatever your story is. I want you to do the opposite now. So um, 
maybe the question is like, I don't have, like, I don't have enough experience. Who am I to do this? So I want you to write a counter argument to that. Well, I have enough. Ex well, it could be, you know what? I have no experience, but experience doesn't matter. And this is why, and you're going to write that out. Or I do have enough experience. And these are all the things that I do have an experience. And these are why these things are important. And you're going to prove to yourself, you're going to sell yourself out of the bullshit because everything is sales. And, you know, you got to stop selling yourself into why you can't do what you want. I can't leave my job because of blah, blah, blah. I could leave my job because of blah, blah, blah. You got to start finding the argument for what you want and against what you don't want. And you could, you, you know, you could take this further if you're really ambitious and you're really like, I'm not going to let life stop me anymore. I'm not going to let this bullshit stop me anymore. Sell yourself out of the things you're selling yourself into. Like this doesn't matter because blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? But start and, and you sit down and this might take you an hour. It might take you all day, but it'll be worth it because it'll change your entire life. And I'll tell you what happened for me. I, I brought up every single objection that I possibly had. And then I got to the one of just like not feeling good enough, not feeling experienced. And then that one was the turning point for me. Like that was the one for me that just kind of transformed my bullshit. And when it went after I was done, I was just like, I just put my head in my hand and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I've been carrying this story for like seven years now, or probably even longer. I just can't believe I've been carrying this story around. This is so this is so ridiculous because once I actually made the argument for being good enough and for having enough experience, it was so evident and so obvious. And here's the other thing. If you can't figure out why you're better than that, then go get somebody to help you get some advice. You know, you could reach out to me. Like, honestly, if, if you listen to this podcast and you reach out to me directly and you said, you know, I'm Brandon, by the way, if you don't know my voice, but if you reached out to me directly, I'm sure Evan would help you too. But if you reached out to us directly and said, look, I listened to your podcast. It's episode number XXX, whatever. I don't know what number this is. I, I, I listened to it. You said this. Will you help me? I will help you. If you reach out to me for this reason, I will help you. Because I want to sell you into your dream. Because I believe in my heart that that is the most important sale that ever happens in our entire life. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.